Okay, we are learning Daf Mem Aleph. We're starting from the very bottom of Mem Amid Beis. Uh, we're learning different uh, things in Agada here. Amar Rav, what is the meaning here? The Pasuk we're looking at in Yechazkov. You, the son of a man, referring, referring to the Navi. Make for yourself Kalim that you use in Gaulus. So the Pasuk was telling here, uh, telling, telling Yechazkov, that he was supposed to go into Gaulus and everyone was supposed to like watch Yechazkel do it, and it was going to inspire them about the Gaulus that was coming to try to hopefully do teshuva. So what is what is the pasuk referring to? You're supposed to make kalim that a person take kalim that a person would use in Gaulus. So what is that? Zunerikar refers to a lamp and a bowl. In other words, a person who's in exile and is on the run is a fugitive. So he at least wants to have some um, some light and a lamp that he can use while he's eating and a bowl that he can eat out of. Sometimes uh, if you don't have that, it's even worse is that uh, you don't have the basic implements and the basic enjoyment of, of what you need to, eat, to survive. Uh, so that would be someone who's going to Gaulus might want those things. And the last thing, Vashatiach, which is a sort of a, a mat of sorts where a person could either uh, eat off, eat on or sleep on or something like that. Continuing, the Torah, the Torah here says in the Tokachah, that in the Pasuk and Parshas Kisavo, that when a person, that it doesn't serve, when we don't serve Hashem correctly and we're going to have all the bad things happen to so us, the Pasuk says, we might be sent into Gaulus, but choser kol, without anything. What does it mean we're going to send to me in Gaulus without anything at all? I'm a rab. It means below narrow, below shulchan. It means without a lamp, without a table. Meaning the basic things, that uh, the basic pleasures a person can have, even those things we're going to be missing in Gaulus. That's what the Tocha is referring to. It says the Gemara, can mean other things that a person won't have. Rav Chista Amar, below Isha, refers to without a wife. That without a wife, a person is missing something and he won't be uh, completely happy. And that's what it's saying, is that we're going to be missing, missing that point. Rav Sheshu Samar below Shamash, not going to have anyone to help him. Any Shamash, anyone to attain to his needs. Assistance of sorts, he's not going to have that. Rav Sheshu below Dea, he's not going to have Dea. Dea means that, uh, like, mental happiness. He's, not, he's going to be missing, going to be missing full understanding, certain, certain emotional issues that we're going to be missing in the Gullahs. That's what it means, Bechos or Kol. We won't even have a full mind. At another shot from the bride, below Melech, below Revav. It means we're going to have just plain bread. We won't have anything to go on it without salt, without an even any schmaltz to put the bread in, nothing at all. We mentioned before that Dea is something which is like basic that the Pasuk was referring to, we might not even have in Gullahs. I'm Rabbi Naktinon, we have a Messiah, in Ani Elabadea, that if you want to know what is really poor, what is really poor, poor is <coughs> someone who is missing even Das. Das is the most basic capability. For happiness, and someone is the most poor when they're missing that. But Rabbi Amri, and they said in Eretz Yisrael the following riddle about Das. The Dabbe, someone who has it in him, meaning someone who has Das, Kulabe, he has everything. The Law Dabbe, anyone who doesn't have it in him, Mabe, what does he have? Meaning to say, without Das, you have nothing. With it, you have everything, without it, you have nothing. And then it seems a little repetitive. Dakane, if he, if he acquires this Machaser, what is he missing? He's missing nothing. The Law Kane, but if someone doesn't acquire it, Malkane, what has he acquired? So that is the way that in Eretz Yisrael, they would have this riddle about the power of wisdom. Now we go back to talking about bigger cholim here. Amar losantri, amar chibar abba. In a cholah omid mecholio, a sick person does not get better. Achim mochlum lo kolavanosim, unless he has mechilas avonos. The idea is when a person is very sick, so Hakadosh Baruch Hu has din on him. And any sins that he has that are that haven't been accounted for, that would that would all be put into the chesed. So if he gets better, it means it's a sign, it's indicative that he has that he has had mechilas avonos. Shemar it says in the pasuk, "Asolech lochalah nochei rofei lochot achluchai." Hashem forgives all your sins and he heals all diseases. So we see the two things that before Hashem is going to heal a person, he's going to he's going to forgive his sins. Says the Gemara, Rabbi Muna Amar, a little bit different here. What happens when a sick person gets better? He goes back to the way he was when he was young. His skin 
the skin was healed is like a fresh person more than he was in his child. He goes back to the way he was uh, in his youth. So we're trying to say that the person was sick and then they get better, so it's ironic, but they get even stronger and fresher than they were before they were sick. Now continues the Gemara. That all of his, all of the Mishkav, um, all of the, literally all of the things that he lies on have been uh, turned over, been upset through his sickness. So what is the Pasuk saying? That the idea is that, for his, that it's representing the, the intensity of an illness that a person can't even be comfortable in the bed. But the Gemara explains that it means, it means that a person forgets all of his Torah. So a Torah is like the bed. If a person makes a bed and it's well-made and it's all masudar, it's all in order. And then when they have the illness, sometimes the physical pain can cause a person emotional issues and, and all sorts of cerebral issues, and they can forget their Torah learning. So that's the, the tough part which the Pasuk in Tehillim was referring to. And we have a story with this that happened to Rabbi Yosef. Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef was once sick. And he wasn't able to retain his learning. What happened was when Rabbi Yosef uh, was getting better. Abai went over all of, Abai was originally a Talmud from Rav Yosef, but Abai went over all of his learning in front of Rav Yosef to bring him back his Torah. This is what we mean when we say in the Gemara, Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef would say, I didn't hear this. And then Amalai Abai, Abai would say, what do you mean you didn't know that you didn't say this? You said it to us. You said it based upon this price. So whenever you see such a thing, that's what's going on. Rav Yosef didn't remember it because he had forgotten all his learning and Abai restored it to him. The Gemara continues with a similar thing that would happen to Rebbe when he forgot his learning. Rebbe had once learned 13 different versions of the Mishnah. Rebbe had different, obviously he compiled and puts the Mishnah into one form the way we have it. But before that, <coughs> Rebbe was dealing with many different versions of the Mishnah. So happened was Shiva Minhon. He had taught seven of these different uh, countings of the Mishnah to his big Talmud Rebbe. What happened was, the Sof Chalash Rebbe, but it ultimately, what happened was, Rebbe got sick and he forgot his Torah. Had Rebbe Kame, Rebbe who had been his Talmud, was able to say it over in front of him. Anu So this worked for the seven of them. But the other six, she saw, the other six weren't there, right? He hadn't learned it. So Rebbe was missing six versions of the Mishnah. But there was a person who was a dry cleaner. And he used to do the laundry in town. He was a simple person. He at once overheard Rebbe. And all the times he was saying the Mishnahis, so Rebbe, he, he actually had ironically become the Talmud of Rebbe. He had learned the six missing versions, Gavagarza, whenever Rebbe was saying them out loud. So he knew them by heart. So therefore, what happened was, also Rebbe went and was able to learn, and he learned them in front of this uh, dry cleaner. And this dry cleaner taught Rebbe the six missing ones. And then Rebbe was able to... To, to go and teach them again to Rebbe. So this was amazing how it was the, the laundryman who was able to bring them back. Says the Gemara, out of a chazid, Rebbe Lukatsar, whenever Rebbe would see this laundryman, I'm with Rebbe, Rebbe would tell him, you made me and Chia because we forgot, we didn't know it. So you made us, you gave us life. Other people say Rebbe told the laundryman different. You made Chia, but Chia also see, and Chia was the one who made me. Continues the Gemara, Gemara, the nace that happens for a chola, for a chola to get better, is greater. It's even greater than the miracles that happened for Hanan Mishal and Azar. They were spared from the fiery furnace. So a chola who uh, recovers is even greater than that. 
Why? There they just came out of a regular fire, a plain fire. And, and a regular fire anyone can put out. Potentially, it's not something which is such a crazy thing. So they were saved from a plain fire. But this fire, which is like a fever, which is something which makes a, a sick, which is what the sick person has, that's considered a fire that's from Shemayim. Who can take that out? Who can put that out besides HaKadosh Baruch So what we mean to say is that a fever is a fire which is more dangerous in a way than a regular, plain, ordinary fire. And once a person gets to his case, he gets to his end, however much he's, life he is given, any sort of creature can bring him down. The point that we're saying is normally a person in his strength to rule over, to be strong over um, other things that are weaker than him. But when it comes to the end of a person's life, anything can get him. The Pasuk says, this is what we're talking about with Kayan. Uh, and Hashem, Hashem, Hashem had protected him for a certain amount of years and then he took it away. Kain said, Whoever is going to meet me can kill me. So the point was that he was nervous for anyone. Anyone theoretically can bring him down. Once it's the time, once it's the end for a person, anyone can bring him down. Rav says, we look at it from this Pasuk. The Pasuk says, It says that everyone is ready, that all the people are ready to fulfill the decrees upon those that the judgment is today because everyone is your servant. So it sounds like everyone is your servant means theoretically anybody, anyone can be the one to fulfill the judgment of HaKadosh Baruch So at the time there's the judgment of HaKadosh Baruch to kill a person, so then any son can be the servant, any small little creature. For example, Rabbi Shila, Rabbi Shila was told, that a tall person had died. How? A very tall person. He was riding a small little uh, mule. They got to a bridge. So he's crossing it. So suddenly the, the, the mule, something went wrong with it. And it threw, it, 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 threw, it, threw, it threw him off. And he falls into the river. And that's how he died. So even though he was a very tall person, he's riding on a short mule, then he ended up dying that way. Karo and Rabbi Shil applied this pasuk, but everyone can be your servant. Everyone can be the, the shliach of HaKadosh Baruch, the servant of Hashem uh, when, the, when, the end is, when the end comes. Says the Gemara, similar to Shmuel Chaziel, who Akbar to Shmuel once saw a scorpion. Yisifa Alakrosa was sitting on top of a frog. Nara, and he was crossing the river. Right, he's got the frog. The frog here is helping him cross. Tarka Gavra Mice. Scorpion gets to the other side, stings somebody, and the person dies. So Think about what happened here. The scorpion can't swim. The frog can't sting. But they come together. And that's how the sting ended up killing the person. Continue more with bigger Unless there is fever. If someone has a fever, then we visit. What are we coming to say? What would we not visit for? The time to exclude what it says in a bride. We don't visit those who are sick. With holy me'ayim, people who are sick with in, intestinal, some sort of stomach issue, or an eyes, or someone with a headache. So, fever, yeah, but these things not. So, the Gemara explains, especially on the holy someone with a stomach disease, it's going to be embarrassing. He needs to go to the bathroom. And he's got a visitor, so it's embarrassing for him. But someone from an eye disease or a headache, my time, what's the reason not to, voice, not, not to visit them? When you use too much speech, it's actually bad for the eye, but it's good for a fever. So therefore, gonna, if a visitor is there, they're going to have conversation. So it's actually better for them not to, not to, not to visit at all. Says the Gemara, talking more about fevers. Amar Rava, hi Yishtah, if you have a fever, if it wasn't for the fact that it was a shliach, the malcha maves mali, it would actually be very good for a person. In other words, a fever has good things, but it could also kill. It could be like the, the prickly leaves here, 
they have for a palm tree. So basically, the protects the palm tree, the prickly leaves is good, it protects it. So, so too, a fever can actually protect the body from, uh, from things that can hurt the body. Very interesting that the fever, the Gemara sees a good thing in the fever. It's also the agent of the Malacham Avis, so it's a hard thing, but the etz and the fever is good. But this is if it's once every 30 days. It's also like something really good for the body, which can fight against the poison. Uh, so we have different words here that the Gemara is trying to use to describe the values in the medicine of what a, the, what a fever can do for the body. You know what? I don't want it or its medicines. You know, it, it, it might sound painful. It doesn't feel good. Says the Gemara, a certain food called arson is good for a chola and you can get better. Says the my arson. What is this food? It's the parts of the, the peeled parts from a barley corn that's taken in the beginning of when, 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 when the, the, the flour is being made. So the, the, those peeled parts in the barley corns are good. But you need to cook them a lot. Just like a meat of an ox, it has to be cooked a lot. So to here, you have to, you have to, so to here, you have to, you have to cook the meat a lot. Says the Gemara of says, what is arson? It's fine flour from old barley corns as taken in the beginning of the sifting. So this is the flour, according to the second shot. It says the Gemara, buy it, but the same qualification, when you go to eat it, you got to cook it a lot first. Someone who has a sick with the boredom, you should not visit. So this is someone who can have blood coming out from him, some sort of, uh, some sort of blood coming out of his body, so you shouldn't visit him as Kirin Shemot. And you don't mention its name. It's not something, it's like, you know, it's like a bad word to say. It's, it's, it's something disgusting. My time, what is the reason we don't visit this person? It's like flowing springs of blood. It's like the idea is blood coming out of the body. It's embarrassing. It's no good. Where does he get the name Bordam? It's like Bordam, a well of blood. All the blood flows out. So we go back to the Mishnah. The Mishnah said, She could heal him a healing of the nefesh, but not a, refu- not a healing of money. So what does the Mishnah mean? A healing of the nefesh versus a healing of money? What's the difference? Maybe you'll say it means like this. The neider was sick, and the person subject to the neider here is the doctor. And maybe it means like this. Could the doctor help him, or is he, or is he giving him at all? So we say, Healing the nefesh means to do it for, for free, and that would be okay. Uh, if he would do it for free, he's volunteering, that's fine. means he will be paid. So the mission will be saying that if a person has this nether, he can heal him, he can, he can heal him but not take money, right? Because if he takes money, then he benefits from the virus. So basically the virus is the person that he, um, that, 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 that he can't give him benefit. And the question is, is the doctor getting benefits? We're saying the doctor gets benefit if he gets paid. But that's not pshat that the, that the, in what the Mishnah is saying. Because listen to Yachim, I should say you should heal him for free, but not for payment. If the point is that the doctor cannot get the benefit, so then the, because he was getting paid, then the Mishnah should just say he can heal him for free, but not for pay. So rather, rather what does it mean? It's much the opposite. The, per, the vower here is the doctor. The person who has the nether is the patient. So what it means for fuas nefesh gufo. Healing the nefesh means healing of his body. Fuas mamon is behemto. Uh, um, whereas the, the, what's, what's also is when he's healing his property. The mission is saying, even though the patient is also to get hot off from the doctor, the doctor is permitted to heal him. What's the pshat? Because healing him is something that the Torah says you should do. That's just a basic thing. You're not giving him at all. You're just fulfilling the basic mitzvah of helping, of helping your friend. And therefore, it's, it's considered incidental when the person gets better. It's not a problem. However, it's also for him to heal his livestock, to heal his animal, because the Torah doesn't, doesn't say that you have to help somebody else's animals get better. And therefore, by doing so, you're giving them a myself on us. So to help 
But if the mother I know here, the, 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 the situation, the scenario is that the patient can't get benefit from the doctor. Is the doctor giving him benefit? So we're saying as follows. If he's, if, if he's curing him, that's mitzvah kavit. He's just doing a simple act of a mitzvah. Hashem says, help out a friend who is sick. And that's not a problem for him to help him. However, if it is a scenario where he's helping his livestock, the livestock is sick, is sick and he is helping it. So then, um, so then we say, so then we say that, that that's considered an act of giving him manah. So initially, the Gemara was trying to say the opposite. Is that maybe it's the case where the, the doctor can't get benefit from the patient. The Gemara came in, no, 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 that's not what we were talking about. Talking about that the patient can't get benefit, we're saying the doctor is still allowed to, to, to heal him, but, he, but the doctor cannot heal his livestock because healing the livestock, the pshat is, he's giving him a new anah. So very, this is the same story that we've seen a few times. Whenever it's a basic mitzvah activity that he's doing, it's mutter for him to do it, despite the fact that incidentally, the patient would receive anah. Says the Gemara, Yes, it's true that he can't heal his livestock because that's giving him anah, but he could tell him, Samploni Yafala. He could tell him, just give him certain advice. He could tell him about a certain medicine that's good for the animal, Samploni Ra, and a certain medicine is bad for the animal. He can give out advice. That's not a problem. That's incidental to the benefit. That's not direct giving anah. The only problem with directing anah is where he actually goes and heals and cures the animals. So, bottom line, Moscona, we understand what the Mishnah was saying is here is that the, the, the patient cannot get anah from the physician, and we're saying the physician could still heal the patient because that's just simple mitzvah kavit, but he cannot heal the person, the, the, the patient's animal who is sick because that would be giving out. No, but he could give out some advice. Continues the, the, the Mishnah with more examples again about the mother anah. The person who has the nadir can bathe with the nadir in a big pool, not a small pool. So what's the idea? So, so the water level rises um, and gives more depth to the water uh, when somebody else comes in. So is that giving a benefit to the other people who are in the pool? So if it's a big one, it's, it's very small, it's very subtle, it's not really defined as a benefit. A small pool is going to define as a real benefit and therefore that's awesome. So if it's in a big pool, it's mother for the mother I know and the mother to be there together. Katana Asr, another thing you can do is you could sleep in the same bed. It's not a problem. There's no anah, says the mark. That's only in the summer that there's no anah. Not in the winter. In the winter, you're giving him the extra warmth for being in the same bed. So if you give him extra warmth for being in the same bed, so then that would be a problem. So as the Mishnah Mesa Lomita, you're allowed to sit with them on the bed. In other words, you're not concerned they'll come to fall asleep. Even where it's a problem, where it's a cold day, it would be, it would be a problem if they were sleeping, but they could sit together on the same bed. Welcome on Shulchan, you could eat at the same table. We're not concerned that they might share each other's food, and that would be a problem. They can't eat from the same exact bowl. That was like a serving bowl, so they can't do that. Why? Because if there's limited amounts, if they're eating together, then whatever one of them leaves over would be often mother for the other, would be there left for the other, and that would be him giving an oh, I'm giving you some of my food. He could give him from the same bowl if the leftovers go back to the master, meaning it's the amount of the food is so much that each person could eat whatever they want and there's still going to be leftovers, then it's okay. The only problem with sharing the bowl is if maybe one of them won't eat so much and then the other one will get enough from the fact that he left him some. But if there's such a large amount that they could eat each whatever they want, so then they could even eat from the same serving bowl. Continues the Gemara, just explaining a little bit what the, what the Mishnah said. Tanya, you cannot bathe together in one pool. You cannot sleep in the bed. Rameir offers all these things, big, small, any sort of bath. Any sort of bath. That's of course Rameir. You don't know. They can sleep in the large bed if it's the winter. Because just being in a large bed doesn't, doesn't warm. If it's a small bed, then it depends. It's much as in the summer. It's only a problem in the winter when it's cold. And repeat also says you could always bathe them in a large pool because it's not a discernible benefit. You can always use like a sweat plate, like a sauna, even in a small room. That's not a that's not a problem. That's not considered that they're being together. There's no extra room. There's no extra the hana that you get if there's someone else is in the sauna. 
Mishnah said you could sit on the same bed and eat on the same table, not on the same bowl, but you could eat from the same bowl if there's so much that's going to return with the leftovers. We mean the leftovers are going back to the Balabayas and they're just having this, sharing this, the, the, the bowl that's in front of them. And again, it's mutter because even if one leaves some to the other, it's not a problem because each of them has enough that they can eat by their own. All right, continues the Mishnah. The person who has the nether can't eat with the nodar in the same trough that's in front of the, all, all the workers. Even though there's a lot of food there, there's never any leftovers because workers work really hard and they eat a lot. So whatever the guys, and one guy's not going to eat, somebody else could enjoy. So therefore, it's a problem. This is a contrast to the end of the last mission. By the serving bowl where there was plenty to go around, we said it's not an issue for them to eat together. But what we're saying is that there is an issue by the, uh, <coughs> by the workers because by the workers, they have, so, they have huge appetites. They shouldn't work together with him in the same row when they're in the vine. They shouldn't be working, they, shouldn't, they should not be working together. They could, they could work as long as it's a, there's a distance between them. So the issue here is that is it giving a benefit? So we're saying that, yeah, because when you're, when you're digging in the ground, it makes it softer and easier to, to dig. So the question is, is it mutter if you distance? Obviously close by, it's also because you're making his job easier if you're digging together. But if it's at a distance, it's a mutter. And the Gemara explains, if it's right next to each other, certainly also. Where is this people where it's at a distance? We make a decree. If they do it at a distance, they might come to do it close, where it's certainly forbidden. He's going to soften the ground in front of the other one. The Rabbanon say, we don't make a We don't make a um, on a far spot just because of a close spot. And since we don't make a for a far spot just because of a close spot, so as long as it's far, it could be mutter. Um, that's the pshat and the machlokas in terms of whether or not we make it there that they could work at a distance from one another.